you have to be really comfortable leading transformational change. This is Sue Freck, and I'm your host of the Happy Marketer Connection podcast, brought to you by Vesta. Each week, along with my guests, other fellow passionate marketers, we'll explore engaging and inventive marketing strategies and toast brands making impactful consumer connections. Please kick back, relax, and join our happy half hour of marketing inspiration and positivity, and come away a happier and smarter marketer. For this episode, I'd like to welcome and introduce today's guest, Michelle Muhammad. Michelle is the CMO of DSC Healthcare. DSC brings products that provide solutions for specialty healthcare concerns. Their mission is to provide superior healthcare at a fair price. So Michelle, before we get started, I just wanted to welcome you. And I know we've been working together for a couple of years. So thank you so much for taking the time to be on my podcast today. Absolutely, Sue. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So our theme this week is transformational marketing. You know, when I think of transformational marketing, I believe it's the, it's the state we're in today. I mean, everything is moving at such a different pace, um, everything from the skills, the tools, the messaging. So my question for you is really around what advice might you have? We've got lots of listeners that are working as brand marketers. You know, you started your, your career um, in brand marketing. What advice do you have for someone who's striving to become a CMO? The best piece of advice I'd give to aspiring CMOs is you have to be really comfortable leading transformational change. And the reason that I say that is because everything in marketing is changing right now, right? If you think about it from a consumer perspective, um, Gen Z, they only two-thirds of them identify as exclusively heterosexual. Think of that. Think about how that, what that means for the messaging that you have to give to that, to that target audience. If you think about media, um, my son has been home for a month. He's Gen Z at college, right, doing college from home. And he hasn't turned on the television once. So everything he's doing is through the computer. He's streaming movies, right? He's streaming for his classes. And then even um, online video for gaming and things like that. And the other thing is that um, competitive set. There used to be a time when our competitive set was just the IRI uh, competitors in your category, right? So you saw them as these big marketers. But now we're really competing for consumers' time and attention. It may not also be another product in our category that's the competition. But we're dealing with all these things at one time. And the ability to focus and execute strategy and sort of understand the environment when all these things are changing changing simultaneously, that's really what uh, CMOs need to focus on today. Yeah, and so I want to talk about the work you've done at DSC Healthcare, but before I do, I think we should take a step back and have you share with the audience who DSC Healthcare is. You've got a very long heritage, a strong company, brand, the founders. I'd love to hear from your perspective, really, you know, it's not necessarily a household name all the time, so how do, how do you describe who DSC Healthcare is? Sure, sure. So DSC Healthcare, we basically market consumer packaged goods brands, the brands you see on the shelf at Walmart, CVS, and the grocery store, but and many of our brands are in vitamin, skincare, and uh, the gastrointestinal categories. But when you go to that store, the brands you see at eye level are the big advertised brands from large companies. If you look down a shelf or two, you'll find the DSC Challenger brands that we're fighting every day to move up and make sure that consumers have heard of us too. 
So we, you know, we, you mentioned our history. We've been around for 30 years. We were founded by a team of exchange heirs who wanted to do their own thing. And at the time, their model was to buy and hold non-core legacy brands from big pharma companies at a great price. And then they nurtured those brands with entrepreneurial marketing strategies to grow them and introduce them to new consumers. So we still have that model and we just acquired five brands in the last four years. However, when I started there, there was a lot of a sale of most of those brands and those brands were built on a different business model that probably are not gonna carry us into the future given how much change is happening in marketing. So we're trying to now help transition that company into a 21st century digital marketing company that innovates in addition to acquiring brands. So it's a work in progress, but I have a great team and we are on the verge of making that transition. Yes, and that's why you've been hired. That is what you do well. So it's, it's fun to watch, Rachelle, and that transformation. So what has, what were some of the main challenges when you first started compared to what they are today? So you come into a company that um, obviously has some of these heritage brands. They have one way of doing things. You're being brought on to bring them into the digital world, which is changing at such a fast pace. When you first started, what were some of the challenges you were looking at? Well, you know, the, the, the biggest challenge, especially when you come into a company that has been successful. So as I mentioned, they just had a huge sale. So it's not like they were looking for a turnaround was to really convince them, and first of all, to learn myself, what is really gonna be important for brands of the future? What does that look like? So I had to make sure I was clear on what that looked like, and then had to convince the team through uh, different learnings and uh, just conversations with them as to what was gonna be needed for the future. So we made changes like wholesale, we made changes in supply chain, we made changes in terms of what kind of brands we purchased, we made changes in our, in our staff. Like one of the things I said is, because things are changing so frequently, you know, we used to have this model where we had these agencies that we had long-term relationships with. And what I wanted to do is have really what I call a constellation of stars. So people whose expertise is still, they're still learning every day from the outside because they're in the mix, but they can come in and out with us and give us fresh insights and fresh learning. So it was a little different way of looking at, you know, the, the model in terms of how we staff, but it's been very fruitful for us in, in terms of staying current. Yeah, that's amazing. So do you rely um, equally on your agency partners, your vendors, as you do your internal staff? Because I know, you know, you think back to earlier in both of our careers, we relied so heavily. I was at um, GSK and Kraft early in my career. We relied so heavily on our agencies um, today the talent that I'm working with and I notice has very broad skills, um, is very relevant skills. So how, what's that balance look like between agencies or partners and, and your internal team? Right, right, right. That's a great question. So we still do have uh, a lot of agencies, but the agency partners, they change a lot. So we have connections with agencies who are making sure they're staying current. And so the team that we have on the agency doesn't always stay the same. It depends on what we're looking for. We just make sure we have connections with the right people who can get us the right outside staffing when we need it. And then our team internally is really just focused on understanding what DSC strategy is and what we're looking for and making sure that those agencies deliver on what we need. Okay, that's great. That's great. And you do have a talented team and fun to work Thank with. You. <laughs> so, you know, we work with a lot of CPG manufacturers across the board, and we've heard a lot about the struggles coming through this pandemic, what it looks like on the other side. 
and everything from you know increasing production to meet demand on essentials to reducing on non-essentials. Can you just talk about um, what you're seeing with regards to supply chain, your retail partners, and what changes you've had to make also? Yeah, so we, we've been on both sides of those. We've, we've been, we have, because we have so many categories at DSC, we have some brands that are in the essential categories, um, like pain relievers. And so that, we had great sales. And as you know, most people have stocked up now. And so those sales are dropping off. And actually at the same time, our supply chain did have like a couple of sick, sick employees that caused them to shut down. So the good news is at least we got most of the sales on the upswing. And now that people are not stocking up, we're going through the, the fact that the supply chain is slowing down a little bit. So we've been on that side. Other than that, we haven't had a ton of inventory issues. We've been fortunate that we've been able to manage it. And I think it's because we have a very diverse supply chain. So we're not reliant on one or two suppliers to give us everything. We have a very diverse supply chain. So we've been lucky that they've been uh, been able to stay up to speed. Yeah. Is that um, strategic? Was that strategic or was that just based on chance? Talk a little bit about your supply chain because that seems yeah. like a really big advantage right now. Yeah, it is a big advantage. I would love to be able to say it's strategic, but <laughs> because we had so many acquisitions from different places, we tend to try to keep the supply chain in place unless there's a major reason to change. Because we're a smaller company, we just want to make sure we keep you know, the advantages that that brand has had with that supply chain. So being distributed in this case really helped us out, but it was, it was luck. <laughs> well, I think you should take credit. We'll, we'll, I'll say okay. that right here on record. <laughs> so there was a study that um, Dentsu published in Adweek a couple of weeks ago that really talked about the difference consumers need from brands at this time. But I really believe that consumers need different things from brands all the time. So of course, obviously, we're, we're in a very unique position right now. But obviously, boomers, you know, they were saying they want to see brands that are very helpful to employees, those need millennials and younger may want to see how brands can help them personally get involved. So can you talk a little bit about how DSC might be reacting to the different generations and how their how your communication might change? Sure. So um, we actually, we have a brand called Utterly Smooth, which is a skincare brand. We actually, with that brand, we have a program that we call Utterly Thankful. And as you mentioned, millennials like to be engaged in the give back or the social cause. So how we went about trying to give lotion or creams out to healthcare professionals is we went on social and we tried to look for people who were speaking out about their hands being um, sore or cracked or painful from frequent hand washing. And most of these people were either first responders or nurses. And so we, we, we listened to them, we messaged them, and then we went and we offered to give them a box of Utterly Smooth that has like 50 products in it to their um, fireplace or their, um, their nurses unit or wherever. And that was really a big hit because as you mentioned, it was through social, which millennials like to communicate through, as well as they were given the opportunity to give it to who they thought needed it most. So that was a, that was a nice program. Another one we had was um, with a brand called Urinas Inc., which is uh, targeted towards men that are over 50. And as you know, a lot of men who are, were planning for surgeries, this is a product that treats men that have um, BPH or frequent urination due to a, a prostate issue. 
So a lot of these men are, are scheduled for surgery or, or some sort of procedure with their urologist, and they can't do that right now in this environment because those surgeries have been put off. So we offered to go to the urologist and give them our product or offer it to their um, patients because they won't be able to get the relief they need for a few months. And we gave them a discount. We call it a compassionate care program. So that way we're still able to, to help out um, in a way in which, you know, the boomer population, which over 50 really relies on the advice of a doctor and try to get to them that way. That's great. Yeah, those are great examples. You know, Gen Z, obviously, um, I think you your son is categorized in Gen Z. Yes, I have two children sure. in Gen Z. Um, they're sort of my little case studies. That's how I was on TikTok <laughs> early and musically before it was TikTok. Talk, talk about how your brand is becoming relevant or how do they talk to the Gen Z population? Because I know even how they identify themselves is different than, let's say, a boomer population. Yeah, so Gen Z is a Gen Z is a difficult one. Um, we're still we, we <laughs> not are just because still, you have a son that's a Gen Zer. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're still, and he hates when I mention the generations. He just doesn't understand why even it's even. <laughs> he, he's right though. They're they're consumers just like anybody else. But uh, honestly, one of the things we we try to do to attract that consumer base or those those consumers are really just making sure we are really tight on e-commerce right? Mm, Because that is where they will buy anything. And that's their (laughs) first thing is to go online or to pick up their phone and they do all their purchasing there. So we're obviously, we're trying to make sure our messaging is relevant. We're still making sure we're getting that right, but we really want to make sure we show up where they're going to purchase so that we're, uh, we're in their consideration set. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and, and we seeing, I mean, positioning it for Gen Z, but we're seeing in this time period, so many people are buying online now anyway. So yeah. it's it's really strengthening your overall opportunity to increase sales. So um, obviously very, very smart across the board. So a question from a community member. So you know, we have a Smiley 360 community and there's over a million consumers in that community. And we went to the community members and said, if you could ask a brand marketer anything, what would it be? And so this is a question from one of our members. How does buying a product from your business benefit the world, environment, or a specific community during this time? Yeah, so this feels like a setup question because <laughs> we, we, we just launched a product called Fergon Iron Restore. And it's an orange flavored chewable supplement. And the reason why that's a, a, a bigger deal is because um, if you know anything about the iron category, a lot of people first of all, hate the taste of iron tablets because they taste like iron. They taste metallic. That's yes. number one. Agreed. Number two is that um, a lot of people don't like, you know, they have pill fatigue. So having something that's chewable is a nice is a nice element or feature. And then finally, the key to this product is that it is non-constipating and gentle on the stomach. A lot of people who take iron stop taking it because they have uh, digestive issues. So this new product, we were excited to have out a chewable orange flavored supplement. And, but as we were doing our research, we found out that iron is the most deficient micronutrient in the world. And we were like, what? what? Get I, here. Like, no get idea. Yeah. So crazy um, lack of iron, uh, especially abroad, but definitely here in the United States as well. And so we said, okay, what can we do? We have the right product for that. How can we help? And so now we are donating a bottle of Fergon 
or iron supplements in general to everyone who purchases one of our products. So kind of like the Tom's buy one, give one model. That's what we're doing with this new launch. And we're so exciting about it because not only are we able to help people that, that need it, and we're doing it through a healthcare professional, so making sure it gets to the right person that has the need, it's also letting us test this new business model that um, is very exciting and giving us a chance to give back in a way which is totally consistent with our values and the products that we're launching. So. We're really excited about it. That's amazing. And I think you get the benefit also of educating people on iron. Obviously, I didn't know about the iron deficiency. And um, it's a great opportunity to have both the message go out as well as put your products in hands of people that need it. So that's fantastic. Yeah. And another sort of wonderful thing about it is that the partner that we're using to distribute globally, we didn't know that they have 1 million followers on social. We were like, woohoo! (laughs) we just picked them because they were the right partner in order to distribute but to find out that they can also you know get the word out on their own as well was another side benefit so we're excited yeah that's that's great messaging interested in building a home for your audience our vesta solution powers online communities giving your consumers a home for a world of engagement and connections to learn more visit us at vesta-go.com about so you're you're working between you acquire companies and products you're launching companies products you obviously have heritage brands where are you getting your insights from you know obviously there's lots of research places but you is it intuition is it your experience you know you have a long career in, in consumer health care um, is it your research your agency teams where what's that balance look like of where you're how are you making your decisions um, sure. to reduce risk because that is the hardest thing I know when I was on the brand marketing side you know you want to launch a product with the most success and the least amount of risk yes yeah no for sure so um, a lot of different ways so you know that the social media link our community called the upside is such a great asset to us because you're able to get insights real time um, and that's so important now because things are changing. So you sometimes you can't even rely on the research you had like two months ago because think about what how COVID has changed people's thoughts and feelings and how they feel about brands and accessing brands. So having a community that we can go out to and um, ask some questions and get feedback, especially over time, is a really, really big asset. Another thing is just being able to, I mean, the the web is one of the greatest marketing tools, you know, you could ever have because you get to listen to consumers via social. You get to read Amazon reviews and see what people think. And even when you're doing research, now research is, uh, if you want to do private research, you can have people record their thoughts into their phone, right? So you don't have to have this um, really private setting. They can do it at home and just do it on their phone. So really it's just scouring the web, making sure we're understanding everything that's publicly available out there, using our own community to get you know really deep insights and to ask those follow-up questions that we want. And then there, there's still you know regular research which is now being powered by tools like machine learning, right? So now you can look back and get all the history, but with a forward-looking lens. And that's another really powerful tool. So excited about all those different things, you know? Yeah, and it's, it's great that you're 
keeping fresh with what tools are available and what's out there. Thank you so much, of course, for the plug. That was not intended, but I do appreciate it. And it just sounds like the theme, though, for you is listening to the consumer. I mean, if you're yes. talking about social listening, you're talking about access to directly to consumers who may or may not be advocates and customers, and then reviews. Um, you know, when I launched this business, I had no idea how powerful consumer reviews would be. We're coming into our 11th year in two months, and it's um, amazing because it's, it's so intuitive. Of course, that makes sense because you trusted your friend, your neighbor, your family member first and foremost. Now that you've got access to these online networks and, and social communities and reviews of people you don't even know, it is tremendous how powerful it is. But there's also now as a marketer, you need a strategy around reviews. Uh, so that's another layer to that, that transformation. I just have one more question, more of an open-ended question. You know, my goal with the Happy Marketer Connection is to bring some positivity into the world. And do you have a story or um, advice or recommendation, anything that you've seen, you know, whether it's a brand, listening to a consumer, your career, something that was positive that has stayed with you? Um, I know for me, it was definitely a mentor that I had. I've spoken to other people where they had a great project that, and then their, their team member uh, gave them advice on, on why it wasn't so great and that lesson stayed with them. So just would love to hear a positive story from you, Michelle. First of all, I have to say I have so many positive stories because if you know anything about my career trajectory, the way I, I haven't interviewed for a job in like 25 years. And it sounds crazy. But <laughs> no, it doesn't because you're so talented. That, that no, makes total I mean, sense. The, the reason why is because, um, the, and, and I've been places for a while. It's not like I've been job hopping for you know a long time. Is that I have been working with people who I respect and admire for a long time and just following them to the places that make sense. As long as, long as I'm continuing to learn um, and uh, I'm building upon my skill set. I have been um, very happy to, to move environments. And I think the consistent thread though is I'm still doing consumer marketing. So I, I don't wanna give the name because if I give the name, I might start crying because she is no longer here, but she was a mentor that I had at um, a company uh, that I work for, the Emerson Group. There really weren't that many female mentors for me and just, watching uh, the way she uh, carried herself in the environments that we were in, because we were in a lot of different environments, <laughs> meaning sales meetings or um, executive conference calls and just meeting new clients, you know, acquisition companies, watching the way she dealt with individuals at all levels and the respect she um, garnered and just being able to ask her any question, you know, like from, the, the, the large, big questions about work to the questions about life and how she lived her life so generously was really, really a big deal. She has continued to be a light in my life in terms of mentorship. And um, I try to continue to do that as well. I mean, one of the, the groups that I'm on, I'm on the board of an organization called WE, how we describe ourselves is empowering women to advance wellness. But the name of the group is we, it's a group of retailers, suppliers, and their, and their business partners and um, manufacturers. And we just try to make sure that we're available to mentor women in the space. She was actually the first person who 
really exemplified that for me and made it important for me to do the same thing for other folks. So we is an opportunity for me to have a chance to do that. And that's a wonderful group that I'm in. And I'm hoping if younger people are out there, because we do a lot of mentoring and you're looking for in this space of consumer goods and retailing and suppliers, if you want a, other female mentors, I suggest that you contact me, reach out to me or anyone on the, the WE board. So I hope that was a story of positivity. I don't that know if that is. Was I have goosebumps. <laughs> it is. I do. Um, oh my gosh. And and you know what I love about that is that you're passing it on. And so many people are they are sayers but not doers. And the idea that you can impact um, a future marketer. You know, this is what's this is what it's all about. And. I love that being a brand marketer, we have this platform and we can talk, but being in the role you're in, there are so many people that I'm sure look up to you and the idea that you can give back and mentor someone and, and help them along in their career. Just knowing that someone has the support, I think that's, you know, when people say, oh, what do you contribute your success to, Sue? And I say, it's the people around me, you know, those that yeah. have the most support, whether it's family, friends, or colleagues, or mentors or mentees, that's where I draw my success from and my energy from it is the people around me. So I, I think it's a wonderful thing. And your organization with we, how, how Michelle do people find you is LinkedIn, Twitter, what's the best way for someone to connect, go on we and, and find, find you there. So yeah, no, definitely. Uh, We's uh, website is for we, the number four, we.org. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn under just Michelle Muhammad and that's pretty much the best way, or you can send me you can send me an email or message me on LinkedIn. That's probably the best way. Excellent, excellent, Michelle. Thank you so much for sharing today. I think even your story at the end, um, having that guiding light, I love that, and really learning more about how you're helping transform a business, a successful business, which I love as well. But keeping them moving through the digital world, this ever fast changing digital world. So I want to thank you so much for your time here today. And if you have anything else to to add at the end. Please do. No, I, I want to thank you for calling me out and for asking me to do this. It's been so much fun. I appreciate the time and I appreciate folks listening. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today. I loved hearing about your stories, particularly your mentor. And I think sharing for we.org, the we organization, which empowers women's to advance wellness is really important for so many of our listeners. I want to thank our listeners for taking the time to tune in today. To hear more stories and lessons from happy marketers, be sure to subscribe to the Happy Marketer Connection podcast on your favorite app. To learn more about community building, our Vesta solution powers online communities to elevate your digital presence, deliver predictive insights, and transform your consumers into lasting brand advocates. I welcome you to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter, that's at Sue Freck, and to find us at Vesta-Go.com. Thank you so much.